to today's episode of the Balancing Hormones Naturally podcast, where we offer actions and steps you can take today to start supporting and balancing your hormones. This is your podcast host, Leah Brueggemann. I am honored and excited to be your guide on your way to better understanding your hormone health and how it affects your everyday life. back with another episode and we are talking about something that we've actually talked about before but that's because I get so many questions on period cramps and so I just kind of want to do a little bit of a deep dive with you and chat a little bit more about period cramps because you know we can all hear a little bit more about period cramps okay so first of all I have to stop you for a second if you have not already gone and rated and review the podcast, do that, please, from the bottom of my heart. Okay, don't do it right now if you're driving, because that could be dangerous. But if you're not driving, just hit pause, go to iTunes, rate and review the podcast. Leah will love you forever. No, seriously, I will love you forever. Okay, so back to the podcast. Two types of period cramps. So that's important. Let's start with that, okay? So, um... The first type is called primary dysmenorrhea. Now, what does that mean? That means that these are the cramps that are not caused by an outside source, AKA they are caused by prostaglandins, okay? So, does not mean that they are normal. They're not normal. They're very, very common, but they're not normal. But it's not caused by like an outside source. It's not caused by something... um, which you'll hear about in secondary dysmenorrhea. Okay. So prostaglandins got that. Okay. There's three different types of prostaglandins actually. And you have one, two, and three prostaglandins two. Those are the ones that make your periods unbearable and make you have cramps that, you know, want make you want to curl up on the floor. Right? So we actually want to increase increase your prostaglandins one and three that are going to help counteract the two and help get rid of that pain. Okay. So you need inflammation. Like if you get hurt or you cut your finger or something like that, you need inflammation. You know, it it is a good thing. It helps you heal, but you don't want excess inflammation. So primary dysmenorrhea is all about lowering those prostaglandins too and optimizing inflammation. It's been shown and studied that women with really bad periods actually have four times the amount of excess prostaglandins than women that don't have painful periods. Okay. So it's not, it's not my dear, it's not genetics. It's not that you were cursed. Um, it's not that the women who don't have painful periods are just blessed. You can have painless periods too. And I really say that truly, because I have worked with women that have been to the ER because their period cramps are that bad. So I I literally am being serious here. I'm not just blowing smoke. Okay. Now, secondary dysmenorrhea. Okay. So the second time secondary dysmenorrhea is when your period cramps are caused by something else, such as endometriosis, adenomyosis, PCOS, fibroids, cysts, ovarian cysts, the copper IUD can actually cause cramps as well. 
So that is what is called secondary dysmenorrhea. Now, why is this important? Okay. It's important because you need to know which one you have and neither one of them are normal. Are they common? Yes, 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 yes. They are so common, but not normal. Okay. So the reason why it's so important to know whether or not you have primary or secondary dysmenorrhea is because there is so much that you need to be doing for your body. If you have endo, if you have adenomyosis, if you have fibroids, if you have ovarian cysts, right? So that is why it's so important to not ignore the sign that your body is giving you. And that's why it makes me so frustrated when you have so many people out there that are like, no, 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 no. My mom had cramps. I have cramps. All my friends have cramps. Period. Cramps are normal, Leah. N no, they're not. I hate to break it to you. Just because you have never had a painless period does not mean that period cramps are normal. And I'm sure that if someone had told me that back in the day, I would have wanted to smack them too. Because I used to have periods where I was throwing up I would be on the floor with a heating pad over my uterus and I couldn't go into work. I would have eaten Midol like it's candy. Like I was on the highest dose of Midol that I could take for that time period. And I was still throwing up, you guys. Like I had horrible period cramps. Um, so trust me when I say I, I really get it. And that's why it's so important to realize like what is going on. Like let's figure out here. Do you have secondary dysmenorrhea? Is there something else that is causing your period cramps like endo, like adenomyosis, like fibroids, or do you have primary dysmenorrhea and it's being caused by excess prostaglandins, okay? It's really, really important, okay? So that's why you want to find out which one you have, right? Now, what we're going to be talking about can be used for both. So the steps that I'm going to be giving you right now um, you can be using for primary and secondary dysmenorrhea. Now, I just want to encourage you and know that there is so much you can do with secondary dysmenorrhea, adenomyosis, endometriosis. I have worked with women with ovarian cysts, endo, and adenomyosis. Like, I've, I've worked with them. And there's so much that you can do nutrition and lifestyle, but there's also some other things you may need to add in as well. Maybe acupuncture, maybe pelvic floor therapy, maybe Mayan massage. Like, there's extra stuff that you have to do because especially with endo like it's not just a hormone issue like it's an autoimmune issue so there's also a gut aspect that you need to bring in okay so we will make a whole separate podcast for secondary for adenomyosis and endometriosis okay i promise you we will do that but in the meantime i want you to start implementing this advice as well because it will absolutely help you okay so step number one, this is absolutely step number one, is optimizing inflammation, okay? So optimizing inflammation looks like so many things. The highest cause of inflammation in our bodies is actually our food. Um, food can be anti-inflammatory or it can be inflammatory, okay? And it can be inflammatory if you are eating foods that are inflammatory to your body, like... Um, 
a lot of oils are like this so like soybean oil canola oil um, are some big ones but actually one of the hugest drivers is food sensitivities and your food sensitivity can truly be unique to you now food allergies are not the same as food sensitivities okay so food allergy you know you need your EpiPen you break out in hives all that kind of stuff food sensitivities are a little bit different you know they can be they can cause bloating they can be caused for some people like eye twitching um you can just get like diarrhea afterwards you can get constipated any of those causes could be from a food sensitivity and sometimes your food sensitivity is literally causing the issue and other times your gut lining is compromised and because of that, you are developing sensitivities to different foods. Okay, so I can see our brains kind of hurting from that for a second, so you can let me know like how we're doing. But the reason why I wanted to kind of share the difference there is because I have a lot of women who literally think that they are sensitive to everything under the sun, okay? So, and that, when that's the case, we are dealing with a gut issue, okay? So let's kind of talk about the basic anatomy of like our mucosal barrier really quickly, okay? So our intestinal mucosal barrier. When we're talking about that, when people talk about leaky gut, a lot of times they're literally talking about your small intestines, intestines, intestine, okay, I can't talk. And the lining, the lining of that, okay? So it's between your large intestines and your stomach runs about 8 to 21 feet, and it's where 90% of your nutrient breakdown and absorption occurs. So if something's going on here, this could compromise your absorption and add to the toxicity in your body, okay? So what can happen, for example, is that let's say you are having some issues with your mucosal barrier, either because of blood sugar issues, antibiotics, pharmaceuticals, not enough enzymes, not enough HCL, like all of these things can cause you to have what we call a leaky gut, which basically it's an issue with the tight junctions in your gut and it's allowing things through that shouldn't be getting through. So you get these Think about them as little breaks. Sorry, you can't even see my hands. I'm like making gestures for you over the microphone. Um, and things that shouldn't be getting through your bloodstream are getting through your bloodstream. So larger compounds or proteins are getting through and the immune system goes, what is this? And it creates an immune response and it tags it and it creates an antibody for it. So the next time you eat it, it will cause inflammation because your body is recognizing it as the enemy, okay? So you may be getting food sensitivities because these foods aren't getting broken down the correct way. So it's not like you inherently, for example, I'm just gonna use almonds, like, um, and this is, I'm not using anybody as an example, it's just random person, okay? Let's say like you weren't actually sensitive to almonds like months ago, okay? But over time, by blood sugar issues, Maybe you had to go on an antibiotic for something. Maybe your body's not producing enough enzymes. Maybe you don't have enough HCL in your stomach. 
you start getting inflammation in your gut lining and you get a breakdown in between these tight junctions. And now things are getting through that shouldn't be getting through and your immune system is tagging it and saying, "Uh, uh, uh, that's a bad guy, okay? And now every time you eat almonds, you're starting to feel really bloated or just kind of like, ugh, okay? So that's what I mean when we have an issue with this mucosal lining, we have an issue with our gut and you basically feel like you're getting sensitive to everything under the sun, okay? So that's one type of having food sensitivities. The other type is like you literally have a food sensitivity where like for some people it's like sweet potatoes, for some people it's gluten, for some people it's dairy, all of those kinds of things, okay? And you are just having a reaction to that food. And yes, if you continue to eat a food sensitivity, it will cause this same issue in your mucosal barrier. So it's kind of like the chicken or the egg, or the egg is chicken, like which one came first? So that's why when you're dealing with any type of food sensitivities, it's also really, really important that you support your mucosal barrier, you support your small intestines, okay? It's not one without the other. You have to do both at the same time, okay? So that's number one. By optimizing inflammation, you want to get rid of food sensitivities and you want to support that gut lining because you want to heal those tight junctions so you stop having this reaction to different foods, okay? And my favorite way to do that is a elimination diet. There are a lot of tests out there um, that people really like and there's the MRT, which is one that's more accurate. But, you know, an elimination diet, you guys, is free, it's free. So, you know, it's one of the best ways, you know? So that's where you just cut out a lot of common inflammatory foods, you know, and then you slowly add them back in, giving yourself about three to five days between each food. And you literally have a food journal and you mark down your symptoms and how you feel like your energy after eating, um, your bloating after eating, how your bowel movements are, all of that kind of stuff. And you figure out what is the issue for you? Because I have some clients where it's almonds and I have some clients where it's sweet potatoes and I have some clients where it's gluten, but it's going to be unique to you. Okay. And that's what is so important. And that's why there's no cookie cutter diet that's going to work for you because whatever it's just, it's going to be unique to you. So Number one for optimizing inflammation is getting rid of your food sensitivities, okay? That can go such a massive, massive way with um, getting rid of period cramps, okay? Now, the next one I'm going to say that I say all the time, and I know you're sick of hearing this, but it's so important, is balancing your blood sugar, you guys. And that's because imbalanced blood sugar causes a stress on your body okay so we need to get rid of all stressors that we can and one of them being blood sugar imbalance okay have an episode on blood sugar balance go back and listen to it okay so you're optimizing inflammation okay you're getting rid of food sensitivities you're balancing your blood sugar okay so what are some other things that we can do okay seed cycling Yes, if you are not seed cycling, you should be seed cycling because it's such a simple hack that you can do to optimize inflammation in your body and help raise these prostaglandins one, 
to help counteract the ones that are causing your cramps like prostaglandins do, okay? As well as they contain lignans, so they help balance out your estrogen. They also contain amazing hormone balancing nutrients like zinc, like selenium, okay? And fiber and um, vitamin E, okay? So seed cycling, pumpkin and flax, a tablespoon of each from your period to ovulation, from ovulation to period, it's one tablespoon of sesame and one tablespoon of sunflower. Of course, I always link Funkit Wellness Seeds on the bottom here, you guys, under the show notes where you can get them shipped right to your door. So if you want to do that, go ahead and do that. I've interviewed Kate Morton, who is the founder of that company. She is a dietitian. Um, You can go back and listen to that episode too. So the next thing that I would do is incorporate more magnesium into your life, okay? So, so many women are deficient in magnesium, okay? And there are so many different types of magnesium. And one of the most common ones that I hear people using all the time is magnesium citrate. And it's not my favorite, okay? Unless you're constipated, I actually wouldn't go for magnesium citrate because it can be slightly irritating to your gut. Um, so my favorite form is glycinate. Um, it's very calming. So it's, you're kind of killing a few birds with one stone here. It's really good for anxiety, restless leg, all that kind of stuff. So you can actually supplement with magnesium glycinate. Okay. It's, I mean, you could be taken up to anywhere from 300 to 400 milligrams of magnesium glycinate per day and see how you notice a difference. So start small and then build up. Okay. So start small and build up some other ways you can get in magnesium. Cause I have some clients who can't swallow pills, magnesium bath. So you can do a magnesium bath an Epsom salt bath. If you're doing that, I would put boron in the bath with you. Cause it's going to help you absorb the, um, magnesium better. Okay. And Then you can also get magnesium sprays and you can spray that on your legs. You know, our skin is our largest organ and so you absorb it through there. So magnesium is really helpful. Okay, so magnesium is has so many functions in your body. We could probably have a podcast just on magnesium, but it's also really helpful for cramps as well. Okay, so that's what I would do there. And then you could eat magnesium rich foods like collard greens, rock cow. Those are all really, really great as well. And then some things that I like to do after ovulation. So ovulation to period, I like to consume um, more warming foods and stay away from cold foods. Okay. This goes back to Chinese medicine actually, where they literally consider cold to be like pain causing. So everything is very warming during this time, okay? So don't have as many like cold smoothies. Um, Have more warming foods. I actually stick with more beef and more salmon, which are warming proteins. Salmon's also really high in omega, so it's going to be really good for um, fighting inflammation, anti-inflammatory. Turmeric is really, really good as well, okay? So these are all things that I love to incorporate more of during this time. Okay. Turmeric lattes. Ooh, those are good. Okay. And supplement wise, I've not personally tried this because, um, I talked to this company after I didn't have period cramps anymore. Um, but it's called Elix and it's a tincture and you can take six tincture or six dropper things, um, from your period to 
from your ovulation to your period. And you have to take a quiz online because they will actually make a combination for you based off of the answers, okay? I have a code for you, but I don't actually get kickback from it. So um, like, I'm not getting paid to talk about them. I just have had some success with some of my clients using this and I love them as a company. So I wanted to share them with you um, because it's super simple for some people, you know, like a tincture can, you know, be life-changing because they don't like taking pills, etc. So I'll pop them down below. Um, they can be really helpful for some people, but as always, you know, start with food you guys i can't i can't stress that enough start with food okay so just to recap you are optimizing inflammation you're getting rid of food sensitivities and supporting your gut lining okay you are balancing your blood sugar you are seed cycling you are incorporating more magnesium and you're incorporating more warming foods okay you may look into doing elix tincture Okay. And then some other odds and ends that you want to look for when you have period cramps is look at your tampons, your pads, you guys get rid of endocrine disruptors. Okay. So massive, so massive. Like you're looking in your skincare, your makeup, all that kind of stuff. And everybody, I feel like it's getting more familiar with toxins and chemicals being in their skincare and their makeup. But sometimes I think we don't think to look at our tampons. Okay. Um, your tampons, your pads, you want to make sure that you don't have artificial fragrance or anything in there, um, that can be causing an issue. So I always go with organic tampons, organic pads, all that kind of stuff. Um, some brands that I like Lola, they ship to you, um, Cora, and then the L brand is another one. That's good. I will say I've talked to a lot of people. If you have a heavier period, the L brand is not their favorite. So I would not go with that. Okay. Of course, you guys, the Hormone Reset Program is open for enrollment Wednesday, okay? So you guys are listening to this on Monday. It's open on Wednesday. Um, I will drop the link for you guys. There are some really cool things happening with the Hormone Reset Program coming around this round, as in we'll probably sell out really fast, so save your spot. We have 5,000 people signed up for the free challenge, which is mind-boggling to me. Um, but something that I'm doing different this round is I am offering labs to anyone who's VIP. So you will have the option to run like a Dutch test or you'll have the option to run like a hormone panel or anything that you feel like will give you more support there. And we'll make sure you get your labs back before um, your one-on-one -on -one call with me. And we also have an accountability coach coming on to make sure that nobody gets lost and um, lost in the crowd. We want to make sure that everyone is really supported. So I'm bringing on some more people to help me um, make sure that everyone is loved on and supported. But you guys, you've seen all the testimonials from this, like women getting painless periods, you know, getting their period back. The last one, um, the longest period we've gotten back, um, I think she said it was 12 years where she hadn't had a natural period. And you know, she got, she ovulated, she got her period back, which is crazy. Um, we've helped women with PCOS, PMDD, stabilize their moods, get rid of anxiety. We've helped women um, be able to get pregnant, which is super cool, like increase their progesterone so that they can um, sustain a pregnancy. And oh my gosh, there's just so many wins. You know, I could talk about them all day and I have so many favorites, um, you know, finally getting rid of acne, all of that stuff. It's so cool. Um, 
So if that's you, then the link is in the show notes and shoot me a message if you join because I want to celebrate you, okay? And if you're loving this podcast, go ahead and share it to your stories and Leah will love you forever. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Balancing Hormones Naturally. If you found this helpful, I would love for you to share it with a friend and post it on your stories and tag Balancing Hormones Naturally podcast so we can get this message out. You can find me on Instagram at Leah underscore B-R-U-E-G and I would absolutely love to hear from you. Thank you.